Philip, <clears throat> thank you so much for, for saying yes. You're welcome. Yeah, and uh, what a place. This is a really mm -hmm. cool spot. I really love your, you know, what you did with the place. Mm -hmm. It's definitely very masculine. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> You got your Club Exotica poster over there. Yeah, I used to, I used to, uh, I used to produce. Well, we haven't done anything recently, but uh, that was a production company I was working with. Um, I had a co-producer, um, and I still do. Which we just haven't done work, and and uh, our our mission was to was to bring uh, a a deeper level of intimacy between people and connection, um, and we did this through events. Uh, mm. Through play parties, uh, through sensual events, uh, and so that that would give people an opportunity to practice consent and practice play and practice oh, wow. engagements and communication, and connection and trust. And uh, what we realized is that, uh, well, first of all, there's something fun about having a space where you have full permission, mm. um, but you have to do it with consent. So, mm. so, so there's a it's a little bit of a balancing act. It's like. It's like dancing with someone and say, oh, yeah, we could do any move. You still have to contend with mm -hmm. gravity. Mm. And if you don't, mm. uh, then you fall on your face and you hurt yourself. So to provide a safer space for people to play mm. and engage and practice consent, I think is really valuable in this day and age. Yeah, I want to actually d dive into a little bit deeper, um, I guess, shortly. And when we actually do our thing... Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's a very important topic right now, mm -hmm. especially given the coming back of the feminine movement, like the Me Too and, and everything. Mm -hmm. It's it's so important, right? All right, so let's set an intention, if you don't mind. Absolutely. So my intention is to get to know you a little bit better as a human being, as a beautiful brother, mm -hmm. and, <clears throat> and uh, for our audience to actually learn from your narrative, from your point of view and that they can walk away with something tactical mm -hmm. that they can try on in their life mm -hmm. should they be inspired mm -hmm. by the way you live your life, the mm -hmm. way you hold your space. Mm -hmm. That's my intention. Yeah. Um, my intention is um, full authenticity, uh, honesty, truth, uh, integrity, mm. um, fun, mm. if that can be brought into, into it at some point or another. And um, I find that uh, I find that humor is a is a is a really great way to uh, to feel into whether or not we're attached to something. Mm. Like uh, if we if you can't laugh about it, mm. then chances are you're attached to some to some version of it that is static. Mm. Versus oh yeah, it just is what it is right now, and next moment it is what it is now, and next moment same thing. Mm. And so I think I think there's something humorous about the ever changing, um, uh, the, the ever ever state, uh, sorry, ever changing states that we're in, and um, and I think humor uh, humor allows us to to not to not become stuck. Mm -hmm. But when you when you crack a joke and somebody doesn't laugh, well, that's because there is something stuck. Mm -hmm. So I like the idea of fun, and mm -hmm. as a sort of as a check mm -hmm. for. Uh, which doesn't mean you can't be dead serious at the same time, which I think most people don't understand is you can be serious but humorous at the same time. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so diving right into that question, actually, I'm naturally I'm curious because mm -hmm. uh, naturally I'm a very serious person, right? Or people <laughs> perceive me as such, like, oh, man, you're so intense. And over the years, I really get to loosen up my this grip of like seriousness because yeah. ultimately <clears throat> I've learned in my own journey mm -hmm. that... Yeah, life is serious, but at the same time, ultimately, 
nothing matters. Right. Like, right. Ultimately, so I'm going to die. Uh, and then ultimately, if I really just look out for 100 years, 200 years from now, CK Ling would cease to exist. So everything that I hold so tightly and so seriously, so with such gravity, uh, right? So yeah. I had to like learn to, to navigate, like to hold both mm. at the same time. So I'm curious from your perspective, mm-hmm. was it always that way? Where fun was just a through line in your life, or did you, were, or did you go through some transformation where things happen and you're like, oh, okay, so I don't need to hold it so tightly. Yeah, I think uh, I think for for a long time, um, fun wasn't. I mean, sure, sure, I was having fun, uh, but but as a as a as some point of focus. Um, I think uh, I think it's become more so over the over the years, at least or at least more of a necessity. Uh, especially when you have kids, you you have to you have to kind of take it take a lot of things with a grain of salt because whatever perfection you're holding is just going out the window. I mean, and I think that the same is true for for any um, um, any intense project or any intense purpose that will. That is so difficult that you will be thrown to the ground, at a, a, you know left and right because, because you know the the more you try to create something amazing and big and and uh, and large, well the more of a chance is that you're gonna fall you're gonna fall on your face because it's it's at the limit of your capacities or maybe beyond, mm. and so to be able to laugh about it without, without trivializing it, mm. I think is the challenge. So, so to be serious without, without being stuck in in a particular in a solid way of being, mm. and so I think there's I think it's about finding that that middle ground, and I think humor um, and fun, and to some degree I call it that, is uh, is one way to is one way to get there. Mm. And so, so I've had to loosen to loosen up without becoming too loose, mm-hmm. without being tri- without looking at everything as trivial, like. Mm. Oh well, we're all going to die, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. That's nihilism, right? Right, right. And so, so there's an, that's an extreme, and there's the other extreme where everything is everything matters, mm-hmm. and and you can't fail. Mm-hmm. But then the truth is, the truth of the matter is, is, as you grow, you will have to fail in order to do the growth. Mm-hmm. So, some point in the middle, some optim, some optimal. So my dad was extremely critical kind of person. Mm-hmm. That's the way he showed his love. Mm-hmm. That's his currency of love. Criticism? That, well, well, critical, not criticism. And so... Uh, cri- What's the difference? Well, critical meaning um, having a critical eye. Like, I have a critical eye on this. Which mm. means, like, you're, you really are looking really critically mm. at what can be done better, what can be, what can be changed. The ga- sometimes it's the gap. Sometimes it's what is really needed here so that we do it right. What's missing. So we do it right. Well, that right well that would be uh, you know an LP would call that mismatching, like what's missing, what's the difference. Mm-hmm. But in some cases, it's when you start a project, what's needed to do it correctly and mm-hmm. to do it right the first time, so you don't have to do it five times. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily c- exclude having to do it multiple times. Oh, the little boys! Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> so for those who can't hear us, there's little boys on hey. the other side of this door. Um, so yeah, so what I've had to do is is sort of not integrate that criti- that critical eye into criticism mm. and relax into love. Mm. 
and um, and that's been it's been a, it's been a bit of a, a bit of a journey because what I what I came to realize is I would look at what my friends do and we, I would put my critical eye on it and they would receive it as criticism mm. instead of as a contribution. Mm. And so I've had to relax relax my relax my words and it's still it's a it's it's a never ending uh, so it's, it's a never ending journey to yeah. have to to have to watch what I'm saying and make sure it's not it doesn't occur as so critical that it's that it's criticism. Mm. Does that make sense? The, the difference between the two. It does, and then as someone who who is very much that way, um, I have to learn. Well, I had to learn over the years. Um, actually, how we started this conversation, asking for permission. Mm, yeah. What can I contribute something? Mm-hmm. If they say yes, then it's that's right. 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 Free game. But if not, then all right. Then then no. Then well then no. And then then then, then what do we do? Because right. now we're in a space of um, we're in a space of uh, unknown. Right. Right. And that so um, so that brings in the con- the topic of consent. Uh-huh. Right. All and right. Consent is the way I put it is um, uh, like but it's, it's more than just yes or no. Mm. Consent is if we're in this consensual space. We're both feeling good and enjoying and enjoying how we're engaging. Mm. If you don't ask, and at some point, we, you know, you say, "Oh, here, here's the sananga, mm. right? Uh, or here's this, or here's that," and I might, I might say, "Wow, I didn't know that was coming. I'm not prepared." Mm. So, if you look at consent as being ready, willing, able, and informed, mm. you know, willing, maybe, able, ready, yeah. willing, able. Inform. So ready. So that means like now. Now is okay, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if I approach you and I say, "Would you like a strawberry?" and you're like, "Yeah," mm-hmm. now you're ready. You know, you, you know, it might take you a fraction of a second, but there are things that take longer to get ready for. Mm-hmm. Maybe your first time on acid. Mm-hmm. Maybe your uh, maybe your first time bun- bungee jumping. Mm-hmm. You know, like it takes you a few months to kind of build up the, like you know you want to, you're mm-hmm. willing, mm-hmm. but you're not ready yet. Being ready, it's the same for same for wedding. Like you're married, right? Mm-hmm. Were you ready the moment you met her, mm-hmm. or were you ready after a while where you got to know her, you built connection, you mm-hmm. built trust, mm-hmm. and eventually it was like, yeah, I'm ready to spend my life with you, mm-hmm. or or however long that that looks. Mm-hmm. So ready, willing, able. Mm-hmm. Can you rise up to the occasion without falling on your face too much? Mm-hmm. Because there's an always a growth process. And informed, do you know what you're saying yes to? Mm. Right. <clears throat> so I think um, I think the the topic of consent is about is about engaging well with another person and being okay with being okay with the no. Mm. And and the no meaning that there's one of these things that is not present. Mm. And now we we can explore if we wanna if we wanna figure out which of these things is not present so that it can be. Mm. Uh, somebody can be a yes to being a maybe, mm-hmm. or they can be a yes to exploring how to turn a no into a maybe, mm-hmm. or how to turn a no into a yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of these things require two very important things. They require connection, and they require trust. Mm. And so as I've been doing this work around consent, I've been exploring, well, how do you get to consent? Mm-hmm. I've been exploring, I've been looking at couples who've been together for a long time, where the yes comes easily or the no comes easily, and there are people who barely know each other, and then sometimes that kind of process of consent is crunchy, because crunchy. it's crunchy. It's it doesn't happen gracefully. 
mm. like the opposite of graceful. Mm. And what I discovered is this very, very simple formula, and, I, and it goes like this. Connection leads to trust. Yeah. Trust leads to consent. Yeah. And by consent, I don't necessarily mean yes. What I mean is this person engaging however they feel is, is, is appropriate, mm. authentically, mm. with full sovereignty. So somebody can say, uh, so if you've, it, you know, well, we haven't known each other for long enough, uh, for long enough to really go into or like a, an engagement that would be so deep and so intimate that I would, that would need to be, that I would need some time and more connection to know if I want to do this with you. Mm-hmm. But uh, say two people just met, they're trying to decide if they're going to have sex. Okay. It's very common in this society, and me too. Right, it's a right. it's a it's a very intimate experience. It's a very that's intimate a, experience. It's very it's an experience that a lot of people can relate to. That's right. Right. That's okay. right. So let's use that as an example. Let's use that. Yeah. So sometimes people will have sex, and they haven't built up the connection or the trust, mm. and they just want to feel good. Mm-hmm. But the connect or or the connection they feel there's a connection there, but that connection isn't real. It's it's a it's a fantasy. Mm. So what it, what ends up happening is they start to trust the other person even though they don't have what it they don't really have everything that it takes in order to fully trust that person mm. there's not enough connection and they're trusting something that doesn't exist and so when 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 they say yes to sex they're thinking they're saying yes to uh, to some to to uh, to a particular engagement that is actually much more volatile mm. and much more much less graceful mm. than they believe it's going to be mm. And then they end up being dis- disappointed or, or regretful mm. because it wasn't what they wanted. It wasn't what they were expecting. But if you're engaging with someone you've been friends with or you've been connected to for a long time, you have an expectation. And it's a positive expectation of what, to, of what is going to happen with them because you know them well enough. So, so if you look at connect, so, so if I break it down um, into the, the smaller components. So connection is... Is, um, is whenever I say something or I do something and you respond in a way that's either imitative or complimentary. Imitative. Yeah. So I say, you know, I start laughing and you laugh. I see. Right? I, I can resonate with you on this. Yeah, level. yeah. We, we're starting, we're connecting in a way that is somatic and, and visual, mm-hmm. but also in terms of ideas that we express or in terms of the ways that we feel. Mm. Right? These are all connective. Like if, if, I, if I do something and you respond well, I crack a joke and you laugh, mm-hmm. or, or I speak about an idea and you go, uh-huh, okay, so now I know you got it, right? Mm-hmm. So now we're resonating at the same idea mm-hmm. or the same feeling, or I do something and what your response is is complimentary, like, like you got it, but now you're, you're actually taking it and doing something with it. Mm-hmm. That's connection. Like a, a Kim Prof, yes, yeah. yes, and. Yes, yes, and, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yes, and is the perfect example of connection. Trust is is the is the belief that in the next moment when i do something or when you do something my response will be a response that will be connective mm. that's connection that's that's trust trust is i know that if that the next moment and the next step and the next moment that i do something you will nod or you will laugh and you won't look away or look at your phone or look at your watch or, or walk away randomly, right? There's not going to be any randomness. There's a belief that the next moment will also be connective. Mm. And then consent is being willing to check out the next moment together. Mm. 
and you know that with your with your deep lovers and partners you're like mm. yeah i want to spend the next moment with you or i want to go out to dinner with you or i want to have sex with you mm. right so that's that's the equation you know um, connection leads to trust trust leads to consent and it, when you have enough connection then then the, the, the trust is solid and when the trust is solid the consent is also solid mm. and it creates beautiful graceful engagements Mm. that actually allow us to grow, including the, the mistakes mm. and including uh, the, the, the crunchiness. When things are not so graceful, you're like, oh, no, no, but I remember all the times that we connected. I remember all the times I trust that we can actually repair that. And so the repair process also becomes part of the, the trusting, even when things disconnect. Mm. So as a follow-up question is this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you play any kind of musical instruments. Mm-hmm. Okay, so but just imagine, right? Yeah. Imagine a student playing piano for the first time. Mm-hmm. You first you learn the keys, and you learn mechanically mm-hmm. how to play chopstick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds very mechanical. Mm-hmm. Then you learn to over the years to then the master level will be to express your emotions through these notes because yeah. they know how to play it so with nuance. That's right. Right. Yeah. So similarly, do you believe that? This process, this formula, mm-hmm. right? Connection, trust, and then consent, consent, or, or sovereign consent. If sovereign, I, right? Yeah. Actually, no. That's like actually a key word, yeah. right? Sovereign, the inner knowing that yeah. I'm saying yes from the inner, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Do you feel that also needs to go through that process? So mechanically, we may stumble, like mm-hmm. ah, it feels crunchy, like mm-hmm. ah, I don't know, and then not graceful, right? And then then eventually leads to that. Like grace, absolutely. That inner knowing, like wink, you got it, I got it. Like mm-hmm. that, you know how when you have you're hanging out with your best friends, mm-hmm. you actually don't need to say much. Yeah, right. You just wink and like, yeah, I got you. This is sort of knowing, right? Right. That inner right. knowing, like you say like one word, like yeah, I got you. Like exactly, yeah. they know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Even if it's like sounds something so esoteric, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They actually know exactly what you mean. Do you feel like that's the natural process that one has to go through, even with every relationship? Mm-hmm. To achieve that level, or mm. do you feel that? I don't know. I'm curious to know your thoughts. Well, my first thought was that there's there's two things that happen. So first of all, you have to become more intelligent or literate in different ways mm. in order to engage with others in those ways. So take back the take the music example. You decide that you want to go and play with other jazz music. You're a jazz play, piano player and you want to go play with other jazz musicians. So you all get together, you all have an instrument, and you all start to jam. Right? In order for that to go well, you have to have the skills to, en- to engage well with your instrument for it to become an extension of you. Mm, yeah. Right? And then, and they all have to do that as well at some point in their life. And but you all show up with what you've got. So back to uh, ready, willing. You're both ready. You're all ready. You're all willing. Are you able to engage well with each other, right? Through that that musical expression. Um, and so, some some musicians will be more skilled than others, right? So you might have just started, and you love jazz, but. You don't exactly know how to improvise. I'm a level zero. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're I'm level like, zero. Holy crap. And there's like a level seven and a level nine uh, in yeah. the same room. And they they just go. Yeah, They're they like, just go. one, two, one, two, three, four. And you go, oh, shit. 
boy. <laughs> clink. And they go, yeah. Clink. They go, yeah. And they, and they just like, they riff off, you know, maybe you, you end up just pressing some random keys and they just, they just riff off of you. Mm. They decided that you were part of the crew. They accepted you. Yeah, they, they, they include accept you, right? your uh, contribution. Yes. Yeah. And they level with you. Mm. They understand that you're a beginner. And instead of saying, but, yeah. you know, who's that oh, guy? Wait, yeah. They're like, oh, but we have the skill to sort of bridge the gap with you. Mm. And this, I think the same happens in sexuality. Like in some, in some cases, people are not as self, self-confident or they have trauma or they have, they have times in their life that basically got them stuck. And now they're stuck around their sexuality and they don't know how to engage well. And there, there's one kind of, of skill, which is, well, I'm really good, but I'm not good enough to reach you where you're at. Mm. Because maybe your range of, of engagement is this much and mine is, you know, mine is this much even though I'm more skilled. Yeah. So there's, there's the, even though you have a lot of skills, doesn't mean you're good at engaging with another person really well. So that's the mm. second piece. The first piece is your own skill with yourself. Mm. The second piece is how well do you play with others? Mm. So how do you actually do that? I mean, just let's focus on sex. Because mm-hmm. one of those things that I'm curious about, it's, it's such a, you know, in North America, it's like a taboo thing still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's a subset of people who is more open, you know, like you as an example, mm-hmm. who actually creates a container mm-hmm. to be able to practice, like a dojo, right? That's it. Right. <clears throat> so, but, but, but it's not a, it's a taboo thing to talk about. People normally don't talk about it because they think it's really private, even though mm-hmm. it's such a primal human Absolutely. experience. And so how does one go about I guess practice yeah. these critical skills as well, part of being human. I th- well, I think you said it. I think mm-hmm. it's. I think practice is key. The same. This in the same way that practicing becoming a jazz player is key. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about hours and hours and hours and hours. Yeah, like anything. You right. want to like, be like good at anything. You yeah. must practice. Well, and practice doesn't mean you're going to be good at it. Mm-hmm. Practice could just mean you reach a certain level and you don't have what it takes to discover your own issues in order to become better at it mm. um, and so, so to, to, to be aware of my blind spot as an example blind spots or yeah I mean if you're a musician and you're practicing watching YouTube videos it's mm. not gonna be the same as a teacher saying oh you're making a mistake here mm. and if I if I help you get over that mistake mm. or that little piece mm. then you're that's going to up level your um, your your game so to speak or your musical abilities and I think the same is true for uh, for sex. So how do you do that? With do you have some, like a teacher watching you? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, hey, hey, wait a minute. So, so there, there, there's a lot of of of, uh, of coaches or somatic uh, somatic sensual coaches. You could call it that. Oh, way. I didn't know that's such a thing. <clears throat> well, it's not that much of a thing because it's very taboo. But there are, there are people who really attempt to engage with people and supporting them at, at becoming better at a sexual or at least a sensual level. Huh. And it's tricky because um, there's taboos, but it's also like I'm, I know what I'm doing when, I, when it comes to touch. Mm-hmm. But because men have been, have been educated to do it themselves and mm-hmm. to not need others, for men to come to me and say, I need you to teach me how to touch a woman, mm-hmm. that takes a lot of balls so to speak. It shouldn't. It should just be like, oh, okay, I understand that. It's another skill. Yeah, yeah it's just another skill. And, um, 
and there there are teachers who who actually say that thing that same thing they say sexual sex is a skill if you want to elevate it to um to a, a an engagement of pleasure mm. an engagement of connection then yeah sex can be developed into something that's more than just putting sperm into another person's body mm-hmm. and and bec- but because sex involves primality what primality it's like you're it's a primal thing right mm-hmm. so you want to engage with your inner animal that's a particular skill in literacy in mm-hmm. t- of intelligence you become you can become more intelligent engaging with your inner animal you can become more intelligent and literate in how you engage with your body mm-hmm. with another person's body using all your senses mm-hmm. and you can you can become more skilled at emotional intelligence mm-hmm. right you can become better at connecting with somebody else mm-hmm. And that is something that is also missing from a, for, from a lot of men and boys because they're not they're educated to actually not feel. So there's right. a lot of things that get in the there's way. There's a lot of layers there. There's a lot of layers. Because it's not just the mechanics, actually. That's right. It's, it's Most men focus on just the mechanics. Mm-hmm. Like here is the Karma Sutra. 56, I don't know how many well, the positions. Me- well, the mechanics is a, is a form of doing and right. men are educated to know what to do and how to do. So yes, I mean, if you look at uh, pickup artistry, mm. pickup artistry was all about social engineering. Mm. It was about learning the mechanics and repeating the steps. And if you repeated the steps well enough, which is not altogether different than doing scales and, and knowing, this, knowing the, the mechanics of playing a musical instrument, mm. if you learn that, then you would be more successful. And true, if you were to jam and your skill level as a as a as engaging with the piano is good, then you'll get you'll be better at engaging with them. Mm. But your stuff is still present inside. When you say stuff, say more about that. What um, does that mean? In pickup artists today, we call that inner game. Mm. So your stuff, your insecurities, mm. your uh, your upbringing, your scripts, mm. uh, all the narratives, your beliefs, you your yeah. narratives, your belief system. Mm. You know, if you you could be a great lover, but if your belief about women is is that women should do your bidding or some ver some some version of a script like that that would be misogynistic, mm-hmm. then uh, then you will engage with women with skill with that belief, and eventually you know they you, you might meet a woman who enjoys that, but you might also meet a lot of women who are going to say no, I don't want to engage with you, mm-hmm. and so so there's the interpersonal engagement. Mm-hmm. Uh, using that level of literacy that you grow, mm-hmm. that's important. Mm-hmm. I mean, you drop so many. I don't know for the for the for the people that are discerning who is listening. You mm-hmm. dropped a lot of like gems in what you just share. Um, it's yeah. Sex is such a primal thing. It's basically as intimate as one can get. Well, it's intimate, and the reason why I think it's intimate is because it's not just primal. Mm-hmm. It's it's primal. It's emotional. It's somatic, mm-hmm. meaning body and senses. Um, it's spiritual for some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be intellectual from a perspective of, oh, we're doing this position versus that position. How much pleasure? How many orgasms? Some people like that. Okay. Um, and it can also be uh, social. Mm. It can also be, oh, I'm having sex with you. It makes me feel good about myself. It makes me feel like, like our engagement means something at my, in terms of my status. Mm. Plenty of people do that. Mm-hmm. Plenty of women look for high-powered men. Mm-hmm. Plenty of men look for beautiful women. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's a right. It's a good thing. Yeah, I'd much no rather. Yeah, yeah. I'd much rather people 
look at each other from the perspective of really seeing the person deep inside. But in order to do that, mm. you need the ability to see a person deep inside. Mm. If you don't have that, then you'll take the paycheck or you'll take the beauty mm-hmm. as the first thing that comes to you. And primarily, you're wired to go to, to go and look for the person who's the, who's the highest game possible in town. Mm. So you're speaking from the place of like a evolution biology yeah. type of, okay, say Absolutely. more about that. Mm. Well, it, it pr- primarily we're wired to actually, to, from, from a biology perspective, mm. um, we're wired to, to support the best genes mm. um, surviving. Not everybody will agree with that. That's just, that's my perspective. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and some people believe, so, so there's, a, there, there's a bit of a, a war belief where people think that we have more choice, more choice than we do, and people that believe that we have less choice than we do, and somewhere in the middle is the truth about about nature versus nurture. Yeah, but I believe, in, from a natural natural perspective, is we've evolved over millions of years to support the best genes being in the gene pool, mm. and I think we're being driven uh, by that in a much deeper way than we believe. So let me give you an example. Yeah. <clears throat> Take any thoughts that you have. Maybe the next question you're going to ask me. Okay. And it's inside your head, right? So now if you try to walk back, like, why did I, why did I ask this? Why did I want to ask that? Okay, mm-hmm. then maybe there's a sub-thought. Yeah. Oh, that's because I'm here and I'm doing this thing. And then, well, why are you here and doing this thing? And you go one thought below mm-hmm. or one reason, one, one consequence below. And then you go down and then you can go down and you can go down. And at some point, you're going to cross... The line of consciousness. You're like, I don't exactly know. I guess I'm just doing it, right? And below that is your primality, mm-hmm. is your is your inner animal. Below that is is the parts of you that you don't know is operating, but is, and you know it's operating, but you just don't know what exactly is going on. And so I think primality is a part of that. Mm. Our desire to um, our desire to win, our desire to be uh, the best that we can be. Mm-hmm. Like, why would we want to be the best that we can be? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe our genes want that. Not officially want that as in they're deciding to, for that. But I think our drive to, um, our drive to grow, our drive to, um, for things to matter, our drive for, for winning, our drive for having the best life that we can have, I think is a drive for survival. Mm. Yeah, interesting that you said that. Uh, recently, I went to a plant medicine ceremony, and I really got to observe all of my mm. uh, physical tics. Yeah, and and I start to do exactly what you're saying. <clears throat> Why do I do that? Why do I do that? And you just peel away the layers, mm-hmm. and it came down to this animalistic survival instinct. There you go. And it comes down to psychological safety. Yeah, yeah. Right? Absolutely. And then I feel safe. Then I feel safe that I can totally relax. Mm-hmm. If I don't, then I have these little ticks that I have as an animal. Coping mechanism. Coping mechanism, things like that. Yeah. So it's beautiful thing to watch. And then I can embrace all of it mm-hmm. versus one, to be aware of it. Two, then embrace either I have a choice of mm-hmm. saying, nope, that's not me. Avoid, suppress. Yeah. Or embrace all of it. This mm-hmm. is who I am as a as an as an animal being, and mm-hmm. this is what I do. And then from that place of giving it love and transcend from it, or not, yeah. right? Then I have a choice. 
But that's the question. Do you have a choice? Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, if it, if, it, if it all comes from a, from, a, from a survival, you know, from a survival instinct, there's, there's the question of perhaps we don't. Perhaps mm. we're always doing the best that we can. Mm. And to actually go back and think, well, I could do better. Well, that's because you actually did the thing wrong mm. that led you to have a better understanding of how you did it wrong. That maybe leads you to the understanding that you could do it better, which then leads you to learn how to be ready, willing, able, mm. and informed enough to do it. Mm. Which just go, brings us back to sovereignty. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, we can go really deep. There. Yeah, I mean, for the people that are still kind of grasping everything, thank you. And <laughs> go back, rewind. Go back, rewind. Listen to it this, again. This, this is a really beautiful conversation. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so speaking of, mm-hmm. how about a little Mongolian tobacco? Absolutely. Okay. I'm ready. All right. <laughs> I'm willing. I'm pretty sure I'm able. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, uh, well, you'll be here to tap my back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So this is uh, so this is what they do in Mongolia. Instead of a handshake, mm-hmm. what they do is they give each other snuff tobacco, and mm. then you exchange ah. as a currency of like, hey, I like you enough. Da, da, da. Yeah, I'm sharing something with you. Sharing something, this right? tobacco thing, yeah. especially actually both men and women. And, and check it out. Check it out. You you share something with me. I share something with you. There's a reciprocity. There's mm. the 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 connection piece. Mm. So reciprocity another is another way of saying um, um, imitating. Or mm-hmm. doing the same thing, mm-hmm. or it could be like I offer you something and you drink it, or you 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 uh, how do you say uh, snuff sniff snuff snuff it. Yeah. And so, but then, but then there is if there's both reciprocity and and um, and a, a response. Like I do, I, I offer you something and you, res- you you receive it, and you do something with it. When there's both, it's a more solid form of connection, mm. which then leads to greater trust. Yeah, interesting. We can go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. But let's let's do this. It was interesting. I was kind of, I was coming back with some hape, um, um, coming back from uh, from the from from Brazil, mm-hmm. and I I was concerned, so I looked it up, and it's like, oh, okay, it's just tobacco. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. if I was stopped, I I wouldn't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Which, which. Um, Sorry, I'm going to geek out on this probably a few a few more times, uh, yeah. which brings it back to consent. Like if I, you know, if I if I come if I come to the the, the border and the border cro- at the border crossing, the person says, "What's that?" Mm-hmm. Well, it's missing the information to say yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm Canadian. I don't have any records, so already there's like a sense of trust. Mm-hmm. But the last piece is he needs to be informed, mm-hmm. and if I inform him with the right information. You know, at the crossing, he's going to say, okay, no, that's fine. Yeah. Or maybe they look it up, whatever. Mm. How was that experience? Mm. Minty fresh. Minty fresh. Yeah, it's like, it's like um, a minty fresh experience in my nose instead of my mouth. And it was really fascinating. Actually, it reminds me of um, when I was a kid, um, my mom would put Vicks Vapor Rub on my belly when I was coughing a lot and my, my nose was uh, clogged. Mm. So emotionally has some resonance as well. Yeah. Mm. What about the internal state? Definitely um, more focused. Uh-huh. But I also have caffeine in my blood, and I, I realized about five minutes ago that caffeine was I just hit like a like a like a peak of it, mm. and if I do more, it's probably not going to be good. Right. So put it away. Put it away. <laughs> well, for me, it's it's primarily the effects of uh, uh, the effects of 
I've, um, and I'm trying to figure out like, how is that going to feel when I do the next one? Mm. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yes. We'll see. We'll Thank see you. how my. How Thank my... you for saying yes. <laughs> well, you know, it was it was interesting in the moment that you that you said it because you hadn't said it before, so I had to figure out. Well, hmm, how do I feel about this? Well, I know that um, I know that Sananga is really intense. I mean, I've had like. My, the first time I did it, I just basically just let the emotions come out, and I was just screaming because the, the 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 pain was intense, even though I knew it was safe. And um, <clears throat> and so now I was like, so this time I was like, huh, how do I feel about that kind of intensity? And I, and somewhere inside of me, I was like, I'm a maybe, and uh, it's possible you picked up on that because the way I said it, I was like, oh, it's really intense, and. Um, but I also realized that I was I was a yes to being a maybe. Okay. So there's something about um, something about new or newish experiences, mm. right? That maybe we don't have a, a solid relationship with it, mm. a solid solid enough relationship with it that we can say an automatic yes. If you bring bring me strawberries, I'm an automatic yes, right? If, especially if they taste, if you know, I'll have the first one because sometimes they're a little bit sour. But uh, beyond that. It's pretty easy, yes. Like it, the commitment is pretty low, and I don't have to. So I know that even if it doesn't turn out okay because they're sour or they're bad, I'll just spit it out. It's no big deal. But there are things that require a little bit more commitment. Mm. So sex is an example of that. Mm. So to bring it back to to the sexual experience, and what makes a sexual experience crunchy is that well, you have expectations, mm-hmm. you also have fears that ideally you would like not to be re- not to be materialized into into new bad experiences mm-hmm. and um, and so there's a bit more of a commitment because if you already have if you've already had bad ex- if you've already had bad experiences then repeating that might reinforce that bad experience and it might actually create a, a sense that to go there again will require even more effort so people get very careful about things that they've had trauma or abuse around. Mm. And since the number of people who've had trauma or abuse is pretty massive, mm. then you have a, a sea of people. And mm. out of each person you might have sex with, maybe a chance out of two or three, they've had some kind of bad experience that if you do the wrong thing, you might actually make it worse for them. Mm. But you don't know that. And they and as a man, it's not necessarily as prevalent that you've had bad uh, negative sexual experiences but it is still prevalent wait back up one sentence what it, it is say? it is prevalent for both men and women for sure to have had bad uh, to have had negative sexual experiences through trauma or abuse or especially as children mm. uh, but sometimes um, sometimes as an adult mm. like a friend of mine posted on Facebook his whole story of how when he was 18 his mom um, they were on vacation they were all hanging out on the deck. His dad left to go wherever. <clears throat> and as soon as he did, her, his mom straddled him and had sex, with, had sex with him. And he was 18. He could have pushed her away. But just the, the way things panned out and things were locked in through you know, her, her being her, his mom and him not, not knowing what to do and he froze. And then that experience happened. Hmm. And it left him stuck and traumatized in some way hmm. and so so that brings up the for me the the conversation around even when people are ready willing able well ready willing 
and they think they're able and they know exactly what's about to happen in the middle of it. And this is why affirmative consent in the middle of it, they could freeze. Mm. Maybe they don't remember the experience mm. and maybe, maybe they just, uh, or maybe they just blocked it out. And then in the middle of something that is into, that is intense, intimate, primal, Somatic response. There's a somatic response. There's a primal response. Mm. Um, I think the freeze response is a primal response. A somatic response would be like, I stick a needle in your in your leg, and your leg goes, your whole body goes like this. Yeah. So that's a somatic response. It's based on the senses. Mm. But a primal response would be, oh fuck, I'm gonna get killed, mm. and you go, or you or you placate, or you or you just you just lay, uh, you just go kind of limp instead of free and frozen, yeah. you're like, you say yes, mm. but not from, from a place of, if I say no, I'm gonna get killed. So, okay, so there's different layers. The, uh, the most primal would be a fight or flight or a freeze. Yes. I see, that's the primal. Yeah. Somatic would be your body naturally, like when you get close to the fire, yeah. you go away. It's yeah. a, it's a, it's, that's but a somatic the, response to rape, for example, would be your body lubricates. Mm. Like plenty of women or plenty of men get hard, even though they're fucking scared. Mm, emotionally. Emotionally, yeah. yeah. Or even primarily, they may be frozen, but the body is like, this feels good. Mm. So, and that creates a, even more of, a, of, a, of a, a disconnect, internal disconnect. How could my body be enjoying something that my mind or my heart yeah. doesn't like? Or even my, even my animal is completely scared. Mm. Like they don't always respond according to each other. Yeah. So how do you navigate that? Let's see, let's see if I can ask this question a little bit better. Because mm. sexual trauma, you know, everyone growing up have some variation, some degrees of, I don't wanna use the word trauma because that's too heavy of a word, but mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know what's a better word, but um, have some various degrees of sexual experience, negative experience. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then how do you navigate that within yourself such that you have that awareness of everything that happened to you, negative or otherwise, that clarity of awareness. And when you engage with another person, also assess, mm-hmm. right? So you can get to the place of the yes and versus like, I don't know, is it okay? And mm-hmm. you know, for some people, it's really exciting because it's novelty. It's like adventure, right? right. You, know, you don't know what's in the box. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, you know, there are consequences. So like, how do you navigate that water? Mm. Can, you, can, can you qualify that? How do you navigate that wire so that? Yeah, sorry. I, I see see how, how do I ask this question? Because it's so layered, right? How do yeah. I? I mean, I can, I can, I can um, I can complete the question for you, but I want to hear it from you. So that, <clears throat> so that you get to a place of really consent, so then you can kind of bring back to the jazz musician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so because it's, I think it's easier for me to articulate that. So that it's a safe space, so that you can have you know play together. So that it's like, hey, I don't know what's gonna happen, but uh, let's let's explore. So that. Right. Mm. So it's so 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 that so that there are no regrets, mm. there are no disappointments or miss expect uh, you know miss expectations. Mm. Uh, I, and honestly, I don't think because you can't 
guarantee that per se. That's right. But but what you, what you can do is two willing party. Let's explore that together. Yeah, I think. Okay, there's a there's a there's a number of different ways that I can answer this. Okay, um, if I go back to the jazz musician example. Right? And I said, you know, I gave the example of you press one note and they go, yeah, let's do that. Then they, you know, they just play around you, mm -hmm. right? And they play with you and around you in a way. They could probably like, you know, run circles around you. But instead of running circles around you at your expense, they, they run circles around you with you. Mm -hmm. So then it becomes, you become part of the show. Yeah. It become part of the, the jam. Mm -hmm. And you feel like you're a part of it, mm -hmm. right? And your experience is one of... Sovereignty. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, I get to decide what I want to do. And they can play with me. In fact, every good, every really, really good dancer will be able to play with somebody who's completely crappy because they're such good dancers that they can bridge the gap. And um, whether it's because the dancer is not very skilled or because the dancer is not very skilled at dancing with others, right? Mm -hmm. So you can become a good dancer. Um, you can become, be, you can be a good dancer and engage with, um, and and be really skilled. But, but also, well, dance dancing is about playing with others. So it's about dancing with others most of the time, unless you're a modern dancer. And so, so both both skills of with self and with others actually grows almost at the same time. So what we're speaking of is learning to make to make better choices or or. Or do do things that are better not just for yourself but also for others. There's a there has to be a sense that you're in a field, and within that field, every everybody has to be happy. Everybody has to be happy with how they engage. Now it could mean a different thing. It could mean that those who um, who are not willing to play as 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 you want to play can just self-select out. Mm -hmm. It can just be like. You know that's probably a little bit too. That's going to be too intense or too fast or too. Or I don't feel like I want to play that game, and so I'm going to self-select out. And you're like, peace out. Everything's great, right? And so there's a. But that also involves sovereignty. There's a sense that you have choice, right? So learning to make better choices for yourself and others concurrently is what learning to support your own sovereignty as you support the sovereignty of others doesn't mean always be doing it together it just means that you create a space where all these choices can naturally arise as they arise so conceptually mm -hmm. I'm in right let's say I'm totally by this idea yeah awesome mm -hmm. tactically right? <laughs> oh yeah yeah I'm I, getting to that right okay good okay so what it looks like is it looks like developing the ability to connect with another person so that you can learn what you're trusting them to do. So it's not just it's not just like you have trust, but that it's trust that has purpose. Is as I learn what you're as I engage with you and I learn what your uh, what your ability to engage sovereignly is, to what degree you're to what degree you're literate uh, emotionally or primally or somatically, to, to what degree you can engage, what is your skill level as a, as a, as a dancer or as a sexual being or as a, or as a musician. As I learn what your skill is, not just, not just by yourself, but also as you engage with me, as I learn that skill level, I can learn how to bridge the gap with you. 
and what it looks like. So now we're getting to the tactical. Yes, please. it looks like asking questions. It looks like it looks like connecting because mm-hmm. through that connection, there's there's the dialogue of where you're at, where am I at, what do you want, what's going, what do I want, can you do this, can I do that, mm-hmm. and and then you learn, you know, how to move in a space in a way that both people are happy. Mm-hmm. So it looks like uh, being considerate. It looks like being compassionate. It looks like being generous. Um, it looks like being open. Um, it looks like open for sh- feedback. Uh, it looks like being open to what happens. I see. Um, it looks like being open for fit. Lo- it looks like giving feedback mm. that is non-judgmental. It's like, oh, I noticed you did this. And this was my reaction. Right? Mm. Uh, NVC is a perfect example of a connect what? NVC. NVC. Nonviolent communication. Okay, great. That's a perfect example of, uh, of connective communication. Mm. It's communication that's not just about uh, using perceptive filters, but it's using those filters as a way of expressing what you perceive when somebody is doing when you when you notice somebody doing something and your reaction to it. Oh, you said you asked your question, and it made me feel a little scared to answer and. And what I really want is to be more connected to you, and that fear gets in the way. Mm. That would be an example of like a vulnerable sharing um, and connective sharing. Mm. So then now you have a sense of what I'm afraid of. You have a sense of what I want. You have a sense of how I perceive. And the more you know about these things and the more I know about your versions of the same things, the more I can engage well with you. Mm. And the goal is ultimately... Um, um, a sovereign engagement that, that, that in, my, in my mind, will look more graceful the more you do it, yeah. the more you engage in that way. Yeah. It's such a beautiful, um, this is really an important conversation. And it taps into, I mean, we use sex as an example, but really what we're talking about is connection. Yeah, and absolutely. connection is fundamentally human. Yep. And one of my uh, insights that I got from you know medicine circles is to have a rich life. It's not about possessions or achievement or whatever. At mm-hmm. the end of life, for my life, my point of view is all about how many rich relationships that I have. Mm-hmm. That's ultimately to me, right, the measure of a rich life. Yeah. Right, relationships. Mm-hmm. And what, that's actually what we're talking about, the ability to not only know ourselves, connecting with ourselves authentically mm-hmm. and own everything, but also authentically connect with another human being. So this mm-hmm. is the fundamental skills that we're speaking of. Yeah, and the more, and from what I'm, what I'm hearing from you is that a rich life is a life that has as many deep, meaningful connections with others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, oh, and I'll add to that, that allows you to be yourself and continuously grow within yourself as you grow with somebody else. So when people talk about, uh, I want to find my tribes, I want to find my tribe, I want to find, I mean, it's a a natural humanistic um, Mm -hmm. desire. Mm -hmm. And I can go down that rabbit hole of how, even though we're quote unquote connected, Socially, everyone has like 5,000 friends on LinkedIn and Facebook and all these other things. Mm-hmm. Authentic connection where you have that let's jam together musically, sexually, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. right? And conversationally, right? right. The, kind of the way that we're doing right now, mm-hmm. that's becoming rare and rare. Well, uh, it's, it's just that we, we're, we're limited. We're limited in this one thing. We're limited in our attention. 
mm. and to create deep, meaningful conversations and relationships with others, it requires a certain amount of attention to, for us to track it, to keep track of the meaningful, deep, meaningful uh, relationships that we have around us requires attention. And if you try to split your attention too much, there's a, there's a point, there's a threshold at which point the relationship doesn't feel deep and meaningful anymore because you can't maintain it well enough. Mm. Like for, I'll give an example. Now, you know, you say you have one house. Yeah, you can, you can maintain it. You can fix it up. You know, things start to fall apart. That always happens. Weather, things break, whatever. But if you have 50 houses, some of them will fall in disrepair because you'll be like, no, I'm going to pay attention to this one, but not these 49 others. Or I'll pay attention to five. And it's the same for, uh, you know, if you manage 50 houses, for example, like you're, you're, uh, you're a landlord well, you're a higher management company to do it for you because mm. their job is to keep track of all those things mm. and it's not yours. So I think the same is true with, with relationships, personal relationships. Do you believe that, like, you know, Dunbar's number, 150, yeah. like, yeah. it is basically, you stop to, it starts to break down after 150. Do you, do you believe that or yeah. uh, do you believe a different number? Oh, um, I don't have a sense of number, but I'll say this, 150, uh-huh. Um, maybe in friendships mm. but loverships deep personal loverships I think it's less than 10 probably less than 5 um, like for example like right now I have a relationship with uh, my wife my son my lover um, and my career and that fills up my dance card like if I try to pay attention to more much more things than that I know that I'm losing attention somewhere else. Mm. But that's also because each of, each of the four requires and calls for a lot of attention from me. Mm. And, uh, and I realize that, if, that, that if for these particular four relationships, uh, if, if, I, if I start giving less attention, something's going to give. Mm. Like, like it's going to start to fall in disrepair. And how do I know that? Right. Well, I know that because somebody starts to get upset. Mm. And let me put it this way, if you, uh, so we're talking about sex, for example. Sure. Right? Um, I mean, try to have sex with five people at the same time. Oh, I, it sounds <laughs> awesome, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> sounds awesome, because in your fantasy, mm-hmm. you're like, everything goes well, mm-hmm. right? But if you've had three sums or more sums, mm-hmm. you know that it's a freaking difficult thing to oh, do. Hence why I don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, but it sounds like super hot, like, oh, you know, body parts and, you know, I'm sucking on this and I'm, you know, sticking my fingers there and, mm-hmm. and somebody's touching me this way or that way. But if you ever had a, a four-person massage, you know that at some point you just can't keep track mm-hmm. of all the touch. Mm-hmm. I think past four or six, your body can't keep track of the number of touch points. Mm-hmm. And that's a particular experience around that. Mm. But it's not necessarily a connective experience with each individual at the level that would give you satisfaction mm. emotionally, if the nothing depth. else. The depth. Yeah. And of course, that depends on your capacity to go deep mm. with someone. Mm. If your capacity to go deep is, the, is, is just a time, is like one on a scale of one to ten, then once you reach one, you're like, I'm done. Oh, I want to connect with this person and that person. And it's true. People do that. Mm-hmm. Some people have many lovers, and in the morning they're like, "What's your name again?" Or 
call you next week if you know in the flow, uh, and um, or, or or I'll call you when I call you, or you know send me a message whenever you want to hook up again. And for some people, that's all they need. Mm. But I think it's also related to their capacity to go deep. Mm. And if you have the capacity to go deep, then you'll notice that um, when something is not enough, it's like eating good food, right? You, you, you're not likely to go eat McDonald's quite as many times. Right, you go through the motion, you maybe fulfill some station, you, you, yeah. you satisfy your, your hunger, but ultimately you know there's like yeah. whatever, this, this, the meal that your mom cooks, it really yeah. Yeah. feeds you at the soul level. Well, guess what? The, mom that, the meal that your mom cooks mm-hmm. is also because you feel her love through it. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's meaning there, mm-hmm. right? There's, you want to experience that because it because it built up over years and years and years. That relationship is deep. Mm. That meal she cooks mm. is has has more meaning than any meal you'll have at a restaurant. So I want to actually on that note, let me ask you this question. <clears throat> and going back to that tribe question, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of people are like, I want to find my tribe, I can't find it. Mm. And uh, and part of the reasons of starting this podcast is for that reason as well. I want to mm. like engage people <laughs> deeply. Like, it's your call for tribe, right? Like I want to <laughs> talk to people in a very deep level. Mm. So like, yeah, yeah. So do you believe that everyone has that capability to, for example, let me actually use another example. What mm-hmm. dance dance partners, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe a different example. <laughs> I'm kind of jumping all over the place. No, it's fine. Right. I want to find a great dance partner to dance with me, mm-hmm. right, as an example. So then how do people find their dance partner? Uh, oh, go to a dance hall. Yeah. Go take, a, take an advanced class mm. and find other people who also are on the same path mm. of growth mm. or discovery. Or you go to ecstatic dance and dance with a variety of dancers with a variety of skill levels. And at some point you might, you might find someone who's very somatically literate or intelligent. Mm. And you'll find that even though they may not have skills in a particular dance style, mm-hmm. they, are in their, their, they know their body well enough that they can keep up with you, mm-hmm. not from a place of skill, but, uh, of skill with a particular steps. But 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 with regards to how to engage body to body, mm. or you might find someone who's going to go much more slowly, and you feel like there's an emotional connection. So that can happen whether it's at the dance hall or it can happen any day. Right. You go to an event, or you go, or you meet someone. On, it could even be somebody on Tinder, yeah. or somebody at a festival, a random person at a festival. You might say, "I noticed something for us to talk about." Mm. or connect, there's a way reason why we connect and it's because it might be because you're you're high or you're altered in some way and that and you you have that hunch ultimately everybody's infinitely complex mm-hmm. yeah everyone's their own universe that's right yeah you could engage you could have somebody sitting right in front of you anyone sitting there and the only thing that would limit them is their ability to engage with themselves mm-hmm. and it, well there's the, there's the two skills right engaging with themselves and engaging with you so right now, we're having, we're having a dance. Or, or another way of putting it, it's, like it's a form of sex. So mm-hmm. like it's, call it intellectual, emotional sex. Sure. Right? Yeah, conversational sex. Conversational right. sex, yeah, yeah. right? And there's, a, there's, there, there's an exchange. Mm-hmm. And there's a connection. There's a building of trust. There's a, there's a, there's a movement. There's, you ask questions, I answer them. We meander, geek out. 
um, we have light bulbs showing up in our heads. That's pleasurable. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a there's a currency of ideas mm-hmm. instead of a currency of touch yeah. and pleasure. Yeah, but I like uh, that currency of ideas. Yeah. Exactly. Well, in a conversation, yeah. but in uh, but in in sex, there's a currency of touch. Mm-hmm. There's a currency of pleasure because mm. that's what you're trying to create. But I would say that there's a form of pleasure independently of the different forms of literacy I've mentioned. Say that I, I, I lost that. There's one a different form of pleasure. Mm. So for for um, I mean, it could it, you could all bring it back to to uh, to emotions. But I would say that that um, for an intellectual conversation like we're having, mm. mostly intellectual, mm. um, good ideas popping up—that's mm. a form of pleasure. Mm. Like you, that feels good. Like wow, I didn't think of that. Mm. Right? Or you ask a question I've never been asked. And I go, wow, wow, that's a rude question. I don't know what to say. And it kind of forces me to rise up to a new occasion. Mm-hmm. And that is an experience of growth. Yeah. Emotionally, it would look like love. It could look like love. Mm. Um, in touch, and with sex, for example, it could look like, wow, that feels good in my body. Mm. Have you ever seen the movie Ratatouille? Yes. You know how uh, I think it was Remy, the main character, uh-huh. was showing his brother how to how to taste food because his brother mm. just eats garbage, right? Yeah, yeah, he's like, that's, right. Why, that's why right. Do you do that's that? right. That's <laughs> right. And then, and then when when Remy says, "Hey, close your eyes, eat this thing, and pair it with that thing," and you you see the visualization of right. like colors popping right. up, and right. then start to have this symphonic dance, and then and then yeah. this rich palette, mm. and I feel like when I can't remember exactly what you said, you say something about like ideas as a currency and everything mm-hmm. like that's what I Im- imagine in my head because mm-hmm. I you know colors are popping in my head like oh yeah this is awesome <laughs> this is awesome this is awesome yeah. yes I really appreciate this thank you so much well yeah so there's a there's a form of literacy uh, there's there's two extra forms of literacy that I've uh, or I call it meta um, sorry meta skills there's meta skill for each form of illiteracy like intellectual social emotional somatic there's each of them has each of them can break down and uh, this is like really geeking out yeah let's do uh, it okay so each of them can break down in, in sub skills okay so the first one is sensing mm. um, is you're, you're so intellectually you're able to you're able to sense the idea that I'm expressing right you're you're able to or if it's emotional intelligence like you're able to sense my my feelings right so the first the first one is sensing the second one is discerning you're able to discern what it is that I'm feeling, if it's emotional, right? And the third one is um, is understanding. Mm. Understanding is okay. Now you can feel maybe sadness coming from me, right? You feel that sadness, and you're able to understand what's happening inside of me empathy. that I feel sad. Yeah. Maybe empathy is yeah. Maybe that's a way to. Uh, I think empathy is a little bit of of all first or the first three. Okay, but. That's fine. That's okay, good Okay, great. All right. Sure. Continue, please. So, understanding. Mm-hmm. And then the next one is responding. Like, uh, knowing what to do about it. Mm. You know, do you put your hand on me? Do you say, hey, I feel you? Or, you know, I get it. Or, you know, some version of that. Or, mm. or, or what do you need? You know, that would be a form of response. Mm. And then the last one is expressing that response. Mm. Like, you might say, oh, yeah, I, I should say this. But if you don't know how to say it, then I mean it's pretty obvious the way I the way I explained it. But sometimes knowing that you need to support someone and knowing how to support them and, and actually knowing how to express that support is a, is two different things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so those are f- I think four or five four or five sub skills, right? Mm-hmm. But there's two more 
Then mm. the and not the, you understand why 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 I went there. One of them is um, self reflection, to be able to look at yourself and understand what the whole process. To be able to kind of take a you know sit back and say, oh, I sense the emotion, I understand what it was, I you know I I I, I understood, I discerned what it was, I understood what's going on, I respond, I, I knew how to respond, and I responded. Okay, those all. So to be able to observe that and seeing where things got crunchy, there were things where you missed, where that. So it's like a, being enough of a good musician that you understand how you messed up that last song, mm. or or you know back in our, our jazz example, right? Uh, you understand how to better engage with the other musicians as they're as they're engaging with you. Like you have enough self-reflectiveness to be like, oh, now I can do a chord instead of just a note, mm. right? And, and they're going to go, yeah, and then, you know, the jam continues. Um, and the last piece is, uh, the second meta skill is being able to teach it. Mm. Being able to share what's happening in your, in your literacy bubble mm. in a way that other people can, can get it. Mm. And be like, oh, I can use that. I can use that piece. That makes sense. So, and the two are, are closely related because, um, because in self-reflection, you understand yourself well enough that you can see your growth process. Mm-hmm. And in so doing, you're able to formulate a way, formulate it in a way that other people can get it mm-hmm. at, a, uh, at a more generalized, in a more generalized way. So being able to teach it. And people who are naturals about things, whatever it is that they're good at, um, whether they're a natural um, musician, and they, maybe they didn't have it. They're, they're like a back of Mozart or Mozart. They just, they're prodigy. Well, they don't know how to teach it to others. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing right now, we're having this, this sort of like intellectual sex and ideas are popping. But part of what makes this, what hopefully makes this an interesting podcast is that I'm not just spewing things. I'm spewing them in a way that can be integrated by others. Yeah. Yeah, and and. and part of my role is to unpack like that's oh right. what you said was the in between the line is like here's what i got that's and, right and and, and and discerning yeah and 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 why i also enjoy this so much because it's as if i'm i'm mixing analogies again i'm, I'm practicing with a, a a master of martial artist mm-hmm. right so i have to keep up my own my own discernment Right to be able to like dance or play jazz, I'm making analogy all over the place. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get what I'm saying. <laughs> well, for some people, it's going to be easier to to see it from a musical perspective. Mm-hmm. Some people kinesthetically, that'll make more sense. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like to use the different examples. Yeah. But yeah, it's true. And uh, and and you're you're becoming the master of your art as you practice it. Mm-hmm. So maybe as an interviewer, you're becoming better and better at interviewing to actually to actually say, oh wait, let's go in there. Why did you do this move in that particular way? Either as, as part of your history and your development or even just right now. Mm-hmm. Why did you say what you say, what you said right now? Yeah. Like, let's unpack that. Yeah. So that's, a, that's, a, that's an art of discernment. Yeah, thank uh, you. And, and, and my, my friend, Inting, and I, we're fellow podcasters. Mm-hmm. And we like to use Joe Rogan as an example. Mm-hmm. Because if you, you look at his progression as an interviewer, mm-hmm. You know, for his first few episodes, you know, one to one hundred, he's like, you know, mechanical and you know mm-hmm. all that. But he's at one thousand right now. He's able to like yeah. have great conversation with the titans of our days, Elon Musk, mm-hmm. and just go wherever he goes. Yeah. And you know, what a what a you know what a um, progression of skills. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, and I would say also, um, I mean, there's a few things going on. I think it, that 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 plays in his favor. So mm-hmm. first of all, well, he's done a thousand. So right. a thousand that just allows people to 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 listen to a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So there's a variety of topics that makes him more accessible. Mm. So say actually say that again. Well, the variety of topics means that all kinds of people will like will like a small number of his podcasts. Mm. Right? Because he's talking to all kinds of different people. Huge repertoire. Huge repertoire. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like a if you if if a musician can do all kinds of genres, then the chance of one person liking that that musician is much greater. Mm. So that there's that. There's also the uh uh I think the, the what's called the Pareto distribution, right? Yeah. Is, is there's the more somebody becomes popular, the more they become popular, mm. because the more the word goes out, the more their stuff is shared mm. by more people. So there's this sort of the viral sort of rise. There's a lot of momentum, yeah, behind his content. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And unless he really fucks it up, <laughs> like unless he does something really bad, like. Mm abusing someone or, or, you know, or doing something really, really bad, mm-hmm. chances are it's, good, it's just going to... <laughs> My son's like, I'm okay, I'm not surprised. Um, so yeah, so, it's, uh, it's, so there's that. So part of the rise is also, is also due to, to the, the natural tendency of humans to, um, to, prim- to sort of socially engage with each other. Mm. And um, yeah, you know, it's it's possible that at some point he's going to plateau, uh, but I, I don't exactly know how that uh, how that works, um, unless unless what he does begins to begins to really suck and people are like, well, I'm not interested anymore. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there what what he's doing is actually is actually widening people's uh, people's lenses mm-hmm. by offering because he's already he's already looked at a number of different topics and people will say well I like this one so I'm going to check out this one mm. and that will sort of like stretch them in a way maybe they didn't expect mm. and then it's going to stretch another place inside of them and it's going to allow them to become um, more informed mm. so that as they as they engage with uh, as they engage in their life well that piece of the consent of the consent piece, the of the 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 four piece of the consent, the four part consent is going to be taken care of. Mm. Thanks for sharing that. I do have a follow up question, but mm-hmm. I think it's time for the little hape. Are you up for yeah, let's that? do it. Okay, great. So this is the hape that I use. It's pretty gentle. Mm-hmm. I like to smell it first, mm-hmm. and since you have a self applicator, we can use that one. Okay. And I'll use my own as well. Hmm. Yeah. It smells like. You know, you can make your own. I didn't know that. Ash, yeah, it's actually apparently not very, not that complicated. You can look it up, Google. Oh. You can make, you can do anything on, with Google. How do you do that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I've never made it, but I, but, but I found a website at some point because I wanted to know if it was legal, oh, and wow. uh, somehow I happened onto another website that was, um, that was just showing how to do recipes. Oh. I think you can buy ash, different kinds of ash. You can mix them, or you can make your own ash. Okay. Uh, you know you burn the wood or you burn these things and you you know you just crunch it into tiny little pieces which becomes a powder and you mix that with tobacco and then you have the hape so you can create your own thank you i mean it did come from somewhere yeah thank you for that that is a new idea i didn't think about (laughs) you can have a vertical integration (coughs) make my own hape well i mean it it could be that that as you do this work Mm -hmm. 
um, from a spiritual perspective. And so we spoke about spiritual, I spoke about spiritual literacy or intelligence. So the way I define it is spiritual intelligence is, is, um, is your relationship to the unknown. My what to the unknown? Relationship to the unknown. Um, or to spirit or to source mm. the, or to the um, uh, uh, or to things that don't have a um, <clears throat> yeah to yeah things that are just felt but not seen mm. but the, but it's not the same thing as emotions the 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 currency of spiritual intelligence is is um, hmm come on that's interesting I never tried doing so I wrote it somewhere but I can't recall Hmm. I would think it's presence. Let's go into a little bit more. Yep. Would you like to do this mm-hmm. first? And then we can yeah. explore that topic a little bit more. Mm-hmm. How was that? It's good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that when I first did it, when I first did the first first side, I had this um and this memory of uh of snorting water when I was a, when I was a kid in the pool full of chlorine. <laughs> it was a little bit like that, you know, when you're you're underwater and at some point some of them, you know, you you like if you mm. try to do a backflip without I, as I water know exactly goes in. What that feels like. <laughs> it was like that. So except, except you don't get uh, you don't get as much of a well, you don't get the same effect. I don't know what to call it at the moment. So one of the things I do with Hape mm-hmm. is um, I use it for meditation purposes. Yeah, I could say that. Yeah, I like to, the way I act- articulate it is um, practice adversity. Mm, practice adversity, huh? Yeah, so I can meditate under that effect. Because I actually don't mm. find it pleasant. It's no. not a pleasant sensation. Well, at least not initially. <laughs> <laughs> then after that, well, yeah, there's a, sorry, I feel like I cut you off. No, no, no. I find uh, that it quiets the mind for sure. And then allowing that whisper to come mm. is very similar to a heart workout. Mm. Yeah. Right. I can see that. I think it also, it's a very, it can be a very intense somatic experience. Mm-hmm. Like I can feel it in my, in my body. Mm-hmm. Not sure I would call it emotional, but definitely somatic. Mm-hmm. And so, and um, just like a workout, right? So a powerful somatic experience will call for attention. And then so you feel things, but considering that your attention is limited, you have to divide your attention between your body mm-hmm. and your mind. So maybe it's not a quiets the mind, it's just that suddenly your brain is like, oh, I need to do other things. Mm. And you need, I need you to pay attention to all these other things, which is like the, f- the physical effect. Mm. And so you can't, well, can't think as much. Yeah. So it's very overwhelming the first time I did it. Yeah. Yeah. It over overwhelms my senses. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then uh, that's somatic. Yeah. <clears throat> it's also a little bit disorienting. Lightheaded. Yeah, the nicotine does that too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, lightheaded. It's interesting, right? That brings us back to, you know, thinking becomes a little bit more difficult. Mm. 
And balance also becomes more difficult. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so standing would be a little tricky. Yeah. So sitting, yeah. But I find that all um, all experience of lightheadedness, um, except for except for LSD. Mm. LSD actually has no effect on my balance. Mm. In fact, it probably improves it. Interesting enough. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. You ready? Yeah. Beautiful. So you talked about spiritual literacy. Mm. I'm curious to know. I want to explore that a mm. little bit. I came across an interesting concept recently called spiritual fitness. Ha! Huh. Cool. So the guy's yeah. point of view is when you're spiritually fit, things are easier, mm. more effortless. Mm. Yes. When mm-hmm. you're not spiritually fit, it, you feel it feels like you're pushing a uh, boulder up the hill. Yeah. Everything seems so much harder to get to a mm-hmm. point. So I wonder if it has something similar to what you were saying about spiritual literacy. So if mm-hmm. you can explore spiritual literacy a little bit more, I'd love to hear. Well, I like the, the idea of fitness. Mm-hmm. Because fitness, well, I don't know if you've ever looked at, what's the difference between fitness and health? So fitness could be that you're really strong. Mm-hmm. Are you really are you really um, agile? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you're healthy. Oh, interesting. So you could have a very fit athlete, mm-hmm. but how? But the what gets them and maintains them at that level of fitness is actually unhealthy. It could it could kill them eventually. It could be that in order to maintain that level of flexibility for somebody who needs it will actually impact their bones and their joints in a way that ultimately will not be good for them. You're taxing. It's taxing the body. Yeah, the body. Yeah, to have that performance. Yeah, exactly. To achieve that performance, you need to push your body. And pushing your body like that nonstop will actually degrade it over time. Mm. Health, on the other hand, is your body's at an optimal. Mm. Oh, Uh, sorry. Uh, So maximum versus optimal. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, maximum. To be as strong as you can possibly be could also mean that, you know, eventually your body will, will give up. Mm-hmm. You know, your heart might give up or some parts of you might give up because optimal optimal is, you know, if you're at, at optimal health, you would live as long as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Or that's one way. That's one version of, of um, evaluating it. Yeah. So anyway, spiritual fitness. Yes. Uh, I don't know if spiritual fitness applies. Um, I, I don't know if, spi- if you're spiritually fit, if it will actually impact your ability to live <laughs> eventually. I don't know. But I do know that your, your ability to, to um, be flexible in your beliefs can make you hypermobile in a way. Mm. If you can believe anything... Mm. Spur of the moment, decide you're going to believe in something different. Mm. If you're hyper flexible in in your beliefs, then what stops you from believing anything that will allow you to win, Mm. which includes impacting others? Mm. So that doesn't mean so to be spiritually fit doesn't necessarily mean that that you want that will you'll you'll use that fitness morally. In a way that 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 is the most uh, well morally. Hmm. Okay, I need to define morally. Yeah. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> so morals is is essentially your values um, in a certain order of priority. 
your personal morals, your what's important to you, and and what um, what's important to you, and how do you express that important those things that are important to you, um, and um, good good teacher of mine uh, has said has said that uh, there's no way you cannot operate from your values. You cannot. There's no way you cannot operate from your values. Okay. Yeah, you always have to operate according to your values. You always operate according to your values. And when the going gets tough, then values like survival mm. becomes more important. Like your survival as a person. When you put in the you put in the situation where where it's you or somebody else who's going to die. Mm. What's most important is going to come to the top. Mm. When you have everything you need, so you, you look at the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. right? So that's one way of looking at it. Uh, the, these express uh, our values to some degree, but at, at a certain level, uh, these values start to diverge because there's different Sorry, ways you, to look. You started to lose me a little bit. Okay. Back at one sentence. Um, initially, because we're primal beings, mm-hmm. before we're we're humans and before we're men and women for example where we, we have a survival we have survival uh, we have uh, core beliefs around survival that we don't necessarily have to express because life is easy every all of our needs are are handled but um when things get more difficult like yeah. say say the uh there's a there's an atomic war right or we're burning man burning man right yeah. burning man or you're yeah. The weather is tough. The weather is tough. Yeah. Then, yeah. then you start to yeah. you start to focus more on what's more important, mm. which is you know staying alive. Mm-hmm. All right, morals is just it's just those values ordered in a certain order of priority, mm. conscious or unconsciously. All right. Now I need to figure out why I was saying that. Hmm. You're leaning and you're linking it back to oh, spiritual spiritual fitness. Fitness and literacy, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so if you become more spiritually fit, which to me means mm-hmm. that you're able to um, that you're able to engage uh, with the mystery, with the unknown, in a really easy way, mm-hmm. um, then you might be able to express those those values more easily. Because when you don't know, when you're approaching something with with not knowing, uh, you might just feel okay with it. Mm-hmm. So instead of uh, responding to fears misgivings, trauma, things like that, you might just approach it from this sort of beginner's mind. Like, I don't know. Mm. And I can be okay with that. So, so there's not as much reactivity. So mm. I think spiritual fitness really speaks to that or spiritual literacy is, is you know when you don't know. Mm. And you don't have to, you can act from, from with more presence mm. and less reactivity. And more presence which is, oh, I've got this fear, I've got this insecurity, I, I really don't know what's coming my way, mm-hmm. and I can, I can integrate all of these things together mm-hmm. um, in a way that's more effective. I like how you say that because um, ultimately we don't we have control of our effort, but we we don't have any control of our outcome. It's everything's mm-hmm. probabilistic, right? Right. We can kind of like try to think ahead and prepare ourselves. But going back to the relationship or the dancing or the martial art experience is an example. You don't know the outcome. Probabilistically, maybe, right? This you can guess. Seems okay, you guess, right? 
but um, but having that ability to trust yourself, trust mm-hmm. the universe, Allah, mm-hmm. spiritual fitness, mm-hmm. right? Then that will allow you to, uh, as you said so beautifully, not to come from a reactive uh, impulse, and you can then allow for new things to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So um, a couple things came to mind when you said that. Um, the reactivity it could be said that the reactivity is is a is a lower is a lower level mm-hmm. engagement it's 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 reacting from a primal place it's reacting from from a mammalian place mm-hmm. um and to be spiritually f- fit is to recognize these reactions and give them the importance that is most purposeful mm-hmm. in the moment mm-hmm. is to say okay is my life in danger right now? No, it's not. And to recognize that, and to recognize that there's a there's a natural, uh, we have a natural inclination to guess, in order to, to be, um, in order to, uh, be safe. Mm. And so, so even though even though you don't know what's going to happen, you try to guess in order to not get caught with your pants down, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, and and to not be hurt. Yeah. Um, but the problem with these lower level, um, this low level reactivity. When I say low level. It's not. It's not that it's worse. More it's fundamental. Level. More fundamental. Yeah, I got right? you. Yeah. It's like you, you're engaging with like not just your your prefrontal cortex, mm-hmm. but you're engaging with your mammalian brain and mm-hmm. you're engaging with your reptilian, reptilian brain. They're yeah. all at play all the time in in ways that you can't necessarily understand fully. And they're way more powerful. Oh yeah. Than this. Oh, for sure. So to be spiritually fit is to is to is to is to really is is to really develop that sense of well, equanimity would be a good way to put it, mm. or presence, so that you don't allow all these different levels to actually lead the way, mm. even though even though they are to a degree maybe that you can't fathom, mm-hmm. and um, so that you're more you're more successfully engaged with reality, mm. if you allow. Uh, fear or fight fight flight freeze yeah. right which is very reptilian yeah. um, if you allow that to lead the way then then whenever the, then whenever you you're afraid you're just going to get stuck right mm. so to be able to say okay i'm afraid and to engage with that part that animal part or the part that's that's at least at a lower level um, more effectively allows you to engage to engage with these the reality moment to moment more more optimally mm. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Now I want to bring it to the the core premise, core thesis of this podcast: mm-hmm. masculinity. Mm-hmm. Bring it to to that. Everything you said so far. Uh, love to hear your perspective about what does it mean to be man in modern times today. Mm-hmm. Bring it back. I mean, I have a mental model about the you know, masculine masculinity, femininity, healthy, unhealthy. As a kind of like a two by two matrix. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. So for then, sure. So then, from my per- point of view, also bring to the yin yang sign within mm-hmm. us. There is masculinity and femininity as well, mm-hmm. and I want to operate from neutral, equanimity uh-huh. perspective. Mm-hmm. Right. Doesn't mean that I have. I always have to. Uh, how do I articulate this? It's important that I find my own internal harmonious point of view and that's 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 the neutral spot 
Mm-hmm. But I still have options to go anywhere I wanted to go. Ah, range, range, range of exactly. responses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I'm curious to know your your point of view. Mm. What's your mental model around what it means to be a, a you know have a healthy masculine expression or, or be a man in modern times? Mm. Hmm. Hmm. I have to say I don't engage with I don't consciously engage with what does it mean to be a man mm. that much okay um, and I say this because um, I, I operate from the perspective is somewhat similar to David data um, but it doesn't come from that is I, I see there's we we declare certain qualities of it or modes of expression mm. like say like you have a whole yeah, back to the piano, right? There's a piano, mm-hmm. and all the white notes is maybe masculine, and all the black notes are femi- is feminine, or okay. whatever. There's, or maybe there's all the notes on the left is masculine, all the notes on the right is feminine, sure. and there's somewhere in the middle, right? Sure. And and having range is to be able to play as many notes as possible. Yeah. And each note is a motor, is a particular quality. Mm. Um. And so. My goal is through developing these different kinds of literacy or intelligences is to be able to to engage with um, engage with the world, engage with reality in as much of a range of uh, is as with as much range as possible, mm. so that when something happens, I've got I've got a full toolbox. I've got or something happens, and my response that I, I in the ways that I engage in the notes that I play allows me to have as much of an optimal response as possible. But there's also a growth process around that. Mm. You know, like, for example, back to that jamming session, right? Mm-hmm. These guys show up, you show up, you never play with them, they never play with you, and it's like, all bets are off. Mm. But not true, not completely all bets are off, because everybody's betting that somebody has something to contribute. Mm. And so, and as the contributions are put into the field, there's responses that come up. And as these responses come up, more responses are fed into the system. And that's how our system is born and that's how our system is grown. Mm. So at any moment in time, not all, you can't put anything, you can't put just anything into the system. You're gonna put what you feel is most appropriate. And they're gonna do the same thing. And the system is gonna evolve however it evolves. Like every, at every moment in time, you're not going to press just that one note unless, okay. right? You're going to be like, oh, well, this is going to fit well because it's based on your experience and your sense of literacy and their sense of experience and literacy and their sense of how to, to, to move through the interplay of your music versus theirs. Mm-hmm. And I was giving a perfect example of like, maybe you don't know anything, right? And you just press one note and they go, yeah, and that's their way of engaging well with you. Yeah. And that's just one way. You could have pressed any note at any moment in time, but you pressed that one. Mm-hmm. And because you pressed that one, this is what unfolded. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to think 2020 and be like, oh, well, I could have pressed that note or this chord and it would have created a better song. Right. But the truth is you didn't. Mm-hmm. You, you did that thing and this is what happened. Mm-hmm. And for me, part of spiritual fitness is the understanding that this was the way and you can't go back and make it different you can Mm. only move forward Mm. 
You can only move. You can only move forward. You can, hindsight twenty twenty is only informs so much. Because your ability to know, to to be able to express what hindsight was, is dependent on having done that process. Yeah. Without that process, you wouldn't be able to say, "Here, we should have done this better." Yeah. And so there's a there's an understanding that as you face the unknown, that you're gonna go about it however you're gonna go about it. Yeah. And you could wish it had been better. Yeah. But you also have to make peace with how it was. Yeah. I love that. I hear a lot of people, by the way. I love that what you just said. A lot of people would tell me or share with me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have wasted ten years of my life doing X and X. Mm-hmm. Dated X and X. And you're being you're wasting my time with spending with so and so or what and what. Mm-hmm. And my response to them, I, I thought about that for quite some time. And my response to them is exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. You couldn't have been the person that you are today, had making the choices that you that that you are about to make or you you that you are making without everything that came before you. Mm-hmm. So, so you did your best, and that yeah. was that. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, all you have is this moment, this present yeah. moment. Uh, Krishnamurti, uh, I don't know if you know about him. He, um, I can't remember the name of his book. I might still have it somewhere. Um, he speaks to, um, well, there's a different version of that, but the, is, he speaks to uh, full presence is, is um, what causes suffering is, is, is sort of remembering the moments past and sort of having a judgment about it rather than just being mo- present moment to moment to moment. Mm-hmm. Now, there's something to be learned from the past, but when you get stuck and, re- and regret the past mm-hmm. rather than being grateful for it, mm-hmm. then, then it, it, it slows down your... It, it distracts you from being here right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I, countless women will will be able to attest that when a guy approaches them already thinking about having sex with them that diminishes their presence about what's going on right now mm. and i think the same is true for any any way that you approach life any way that you engage with things that are approaching that are coming at you is yes you're learning constantly and being in that learning process and recognizing the lessons as they integrate inside of you is not the same as regretting and as having misgivings about the past so how do you do that though? How do you how do you, Philip, mm. keep yourself in the present moment? Because mm. I mean I'm I'm bored, hundred percent, right? And I can yeah. be the first to say that I'm rarely in the present. Mm-hmm. I'm very much the guy That's who's tough. looking at the gap, trying to optimize. And here's actually mm-hmm. a great example. Uh, I was in Burning Man, great experience, great people, mm-hmm. all great. And I'm already thinking like next year. Yeah. If I had my little widget with me, I would have been more comfortable. If so-and-so is with me, mm-hmm. I, it, it would be even better. But mm. I'm missing that moment of that wonders, yeah. harmonious. It's so easy for the ego to go there mm. versus being in here, in this present moment. So how do you mm. personally mm. keep in the present moment? I would say, I would say that... Um, I don't know that I, 
I don't know that I do this purposefully. I don't know that I actually do this because this is what I think is more optimal. But I do believe that being fully engaged, um, having, having, my, having my mind be engaged in what's going on right now um, is useful. I also do think that planning is useful. So it's a different thing to be at Burning Man and thinking, already thinking about next year or thinking about the previous year and, and being unable to be here right now or being able to be in the moment at Burning Man. And it's interesting because many drugs will sort of like just prevent you from doing all of that and just grab you and take you on a journey and then you're just on a ride, right? Mm. But it's also a ride of ultimate presence, mm-hmm. or it can be at least mm-hmm. if you're not becoming paranoid. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, sometimes I feel like my life is too full. I have no ability to integrate the past. Mm. I have no ability to plan for the future. Mm. And so integrating is not the same thing as integrating the lessons. It's not the same thing as as being as lacking presence. Mm. Um, and planning is not the same thing as not being present either. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's about including all of it mm-hmm. as part of the process of, of growth. Yeah. So how do I do it? Well, right. I, I focus on the things that are important to me. Mm. And, um, and by focusing, I mean, uh, I don't mean dwelling. And I don't mean obsess. I don't mean dwelling on the past, and I don't mean obsessing on the future. So it's I find, try to find that optimal place of I make the most of what's what's happening right now, which includes learning from the past and includes planning well enough that I'm not caught my pants down, yeah. without being afraid. So I try to reduce the amount of fear as much as possible by um, by planning well, mm. uh, but not overly doing it. Because if I overly do, I know that I'm not going to know what's going to happen, but I also do know in the areas that I'm most skilled at that a certain amount of planning is actually going to allow me to be fully present when the moment happens. Mm. So tactically, that's tactically, yeah. I, tactically, how do you do it? Do you do like yeah. a daily discipline, morning mm-hmm. ritual thing? Do you do a nightly ritual thing? Do you I make do lists. Lists. So if you list. think about it, write it down. That's is right. That how you do that's it? right. Because otherwise, I feel like that that thought will 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 distract me. And I'll have to hold it. So instead, I make lists and I review the list. And if we if we lift this this little uh, the, this little uh, shade, mm-hmm. you'll see like a bunch of papers, placard, mm-hmm. and, and that that's my that's my list. Uh, that's my pile of lists. Mm-hmm. This way, I don't forget anything, and uh, and I can be more present. So you have you have, you have you have a lot of lists. Yeah, and that little pile right next to my computer, that's a pile of lists as well. As I, I, I'm just a very creative person, so mm-hmm. I have lots of ideas. And but these ideas I've learned distract me from the present, unless I can, unless I feel like they're they're captured. You, you purge, you purge it onto your list. That's right. I see. That's right. Okay. And so, if you don't mind, kind of mm-hmm. go geek out a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm a productivity geek. This okay. Is, this is my jam. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so what's your systems of keeping a list? Because uh, some people, okay, right? right? So use Trello, some people mm. use the David Allen system, mm. some people use list of lists, yeah, and yeah. Then, but ultimately, uh, and then also how you use the list. Yes. Right, because some people, it's just purging is enough. Mm. Yep. You have it somewhere, you don't yeah. need to worry about keeping it in your head versus yeah. try to integrate everything. 
mm. and and that's becomes taxing too. Yeah. So how do you well, one so, keep your list mm. to use your list? Well, back to attention, right? If mm. your if your attention is taxed, then you can't be fully present. Ideally, um, ideally you're able to be fully present, which means you have as you have a, a fairly large amount of attention on the task at hand. So unfortunately, it's not a perfect. It's not a perfect system. I, I tried to optimize it. Yeah, you're perfectly uh, imperfect. Absolutely, yeah. and uh-huh. uh, and 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 I try not to dwell on that. So yeah, it, yeah. it becomes fractal. <laughs> um, I put things on paper. Yeah, I feel like putting it on, in an app is actually going to uh, well, it's going to get lost because there's no way that I can visually look at it. Mm-hmm. That I can put visually somewhere that event that at some point, even randomly, I'm going to look at it. Uh, it's much less likely to happen if I put it on, you know, Evernote or something. It does happen, but much less likely. Yeah. So I have a list of things I want to do today. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a list of, uh, and and or this week. So I have, a, I have like an ongoing list of things and that are either I need to do today or I need to do soon. Um, and then whenever... Um, and whenever I, I do it, I cross it. That feels good. That feels I have, I have the sense of accomplishment. If there's something I need to do either today or extremely soon, I circle it so it, it catches my attention even more. And uh, and to have a list of these things that need to happen soon within the next week, for example, allows me to get a sense of progress. Uh, where where do I need to make more progress? Or if I have a bigger chunk of time. Can it, you know, should I put more attention on that? Should I reserve two hours today to do this? Mm-hmm. And, and beyond that, I try to schedule things um, whenever it involves two people mm-hmm. or whenever it involves me having, um, like being, being driven to focus my time on it, mm-hmm. uh, focus my attention and my time. And that happens, that happens with relationships. That's important because, you know, if we're supposed to meet and I'm like, oh, sorry, I'm doing something else, like that would that would disconnect us. Mm. It would also diminish the trust and it would, it would prevent our relationship to become, to become more solid, mm. right? Eventually you'd be like, well, now I can trust you to not keep your word mm. or to not really make space in our calendar for me and I just wasted my time. Mm. And so, um, so I think there's, there's a way that you can do that with, with other people, but you can do that with yourself as well. You can basically take yourself on a date mm. to do this one task that would require two hours or go on retreat mm-hmm. to, um, to allow you to write part of, write part of your book. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I think for the bigger, bigger rocks, you know, you've heard the story of the small rocks and the big rocks mm-hmm. you put in the jar. Mm-hmm. Um, Why don't you actually share it? Okay. Since you, since you mentioned it. <clears throat> well, there's, a, there's this saying that um, if you... <clears throat> If you put the small, you know, if you have a jar and the jar represents your time and your attention, right? And you put the small rocks first, the small and all the rocks represent like the things you need to do. If you put all the small rocks first, then trying to put the big rock is much harder later, mm-hmm. right? Because, because, the, 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 because the big rock, you know, they need a big space in order to, to occupy. So if you, if you start filling it up with the small rocks, the big rocks will have no place. But if you put the big rocks in first... Then the small rocks will fit into all the little openings mm-hmm. around the big rock, yeah. so it's bigger to, fo- po- to put your focus and your attention on the big stuff. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, the big stuff also requires more attention, more dedication, more focus, mm-hmm. and um, and more commitment. 
and often is the reason why something is a big rock. And that's because there's fears and insecurities around it. Or there's a lack, well, let me put it this way. There's a lack of consent. And by lack of consent, it would mean you're not ready. You're not willing. Mm. Um, you're not able. You're missing some skills, some key skills. Yeah. Or you don't have enough information to go about it. Mm-hmm. So, for example, taxes. Okay. <laughs> what if you're upgrading your, your taxes and you want to do it right this year, but... But, you know, you might not be ready because you've got all this stuff around money. Mm-hmm. You might not be willing because, uh, because you're afraid that you're going to have to pay too many taxes. Right. Or you might not be able because you're, you're, you, don't have inf- you, don't have, you don't have enough of a sense of how to work the tax software. Sure. Or you don't have enough informa- information. You're missing some forms and you're missing some, some bits of information. Um, or you just don't know how to go. You're just missing some knowledge. And so that would be a big rock. Mm. And you wouldn't, and because it's, because there's, there's so much that, that there, there's so much lack of consent that you can't grasp with it. You can't grapple with it. Yeah. But, you know, it could be taxes or it could be having sex with somebody else. Well, actually, I want to bring it to relationships because mm-hmm. you're a relationship guy, right? Yep. You, you, you're all about. Well, but relationship is, I mean, at a so, from a social literacy standpoint, everything's a relationship. Oh, for sure. But part of a huge value, I mean, part of what you do is provide containers for people to, you know, practice that's engaging right. other human beings a la relationship. That's right. right. So I'm curious to know, Consent, yeah. let's use that as an example. Um, <clears throat> how do you, I guess, manage the different relationships, the hundreds of people that you know? Mm. Who do you choose to engage more deeply with? Mm-hmm. How, do, how do you keep tap of them? Like, do you do... Mm. So I talked to Keith Ferrazzi, the bestseller of... A New York Times bestseller of uh, Never Eat Alone. Extensive. Never Eat Alone? Never Eat Alone. Oh, wow. That's, that's cool. the, the name of his book. Huh, that's cool. Um, so what he does, he, if I recall the conversation correctly, he keeps an inventory of all the relationships he has mm. a lot in his lists. Mm, right? Nice. <laughs> and yeah. Keep tabs. Yeah. Check keep, in with keep, literally keep tabs. Yeah, literally. Right. Yeah, like, so this one, this one. Yeah, yeah. So, I haven't talked to this one in a while. Right. So I'm back. curious to know how do you, I guess, curate the different relationships in your life? How mm. do you keep tabs of them? Mm. Um, do you have a system in doing that? Mm. How do you do that? Do you do that? Yeah. I would say that um, that I put most of my attention on the on the four relationships that I mentioned earlier. The big rocks. The big rocks. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're they're my big relationship rocks. Okay. Right? The, my my wife, my son, my lover, and my career. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, so so those are the big rocks. There's some somewhat smaller rocks around around that, which is uh, um, my closest friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, they are uh, the conversations I love engaging in. Um, I think that that pretty much nails it. Um, also, also uh, self. Oh, I don't know. That's a tough one. That's that's a relationship that uh, it's a difficult. It's been a difficult relationship. Relationship to self care. Mm-hmm. That's been a difficult one for me because I have a tendency to sort of push it away and just push myself and so you're the I'm, last that relationship huh you're the last on the not list. the last but i'm not the first you're not the first <laughs> so it's not the biggest rock right yeah. for some people that's the biggest rock mm. 
And I think that comes from uh, from some insecurity I've had in the past where I felt like moving forward was more important than taking care of myself. Mm. And, you know, if you're growing as a person who has a career and you want to become the best that you can be, you know, maybe you become uh, more fit at getting shit done, but that doesn't mean it's healthy. Mm. And so, so part of being healthy is having a good relationship to, to your own needs and self-care. Mm. And self-care being the expression of how you meet those needs. Mm. Um, so yeah, so that, that is becoming a bigger rock. And, and if I take good care of myself, then I can actually handle my, my biggest rocks more effectively. Mm. I mean, if I'm tired, if I'm hungry, if I'm not focused, it's going to be a lot harder for me to focus on the on my biggest relationships so uh, another way that i keep track of i keep not keep tabs as much as staying integrity with my relationships is is um is i keep track of communication i make sure communication loops are closed mm-hmm. um that gives me a sense that i'm i'm staying up I, i'm keeping tabs well enough with with my uh with my with my uh with everybody who's trying to engage with me mm-hmm. Do you, when, um, yeah. do you put them, do you systematize it by calendaring a specific no. day or hour? No. Do you do? No, I just, I keep track on email. I oh, keep I track of Facebook, Facebook your... Messenger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just make sure that I don't have things that are, uh, that everything has been responded to. Oh, I see. That, that's pretty much the way it looks like. So, so your emails is, and your Facebook Messenger is your to-do list? In a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of communication and, relate, and relating, yes. Mm-hmm. And... That's not optimal in the sense that sometimes people miss me mm-hmm. and instead of reaching out to me and saying, hey, what's up? They actually suffer silently. Mm. And later on, they're like, yeah, I really thought you were going to get, uh, you're going to reach out to me and you didn't. Mm. And they, and that, and, and there's a sense of hurt around that. Mm. And so in those cases, I, I do my best to, to actually, to, to yeah, put them on my list. Mm. And so, so because I because I realize that there's a greater need, um, mm. but also this could be this can also be a moment where I get to say, this is how I engage with my deepest relationships, and 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 I didn't realize that this was so important to you that you would feel hurt, mm. um, that I wouldn't be reaching back out to you, mm. um, and then I let people know like these are my these are the people that I keep tagged. Mm-hmm. keep tag uh, tab of tab mm-hmm. with tab with mm-hmm. you know my career and all the things that this calls me to do as a I also produce events and trainings and mm-hmm. the tantra trainings for an or, another organization and and I create my own events and there's so many little details that need to be taken care of mm-hmm. that call for my attention and I tell them like if you if you want my attention I'm very easy to get a hold of mm-hmm. Um, but it's unlikely I'll be I'll be able to reach out to you more than occasionally. Yeah. So this way they know. Yeah. And they know what how the connection what's what I'm able to do yeah. what I'm capable of engaging with. Yeah. And then they can learn to trust me to be able to do that and not try to trust me to be able to do something I can't. Yeah. No, that's a beautiful way to phrase it. Um, I want to be super respectful of your time, so mm-hmm. <laughs> way, way, way over time. Um, would oh, you are? like to partake in a little sananga? And then I would we can love wrap. to. Is that cool? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So I have a gentle sananga mm-hmm. versus the more intense sananga. Oh, wow. Which one would you like to partake in? I will in? go for the gentle. Gentle one. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll just take a minute to put this somewhere, and then I will get uh, my contact case just in case I need sure. to take it. Sure. 
since you have this beautiful couch here, would you like to lay down? Uh-huh. Yes. Okay, great. Ah. <laughs> There's the case. There's the case. There's the other case. That case. Mm -hmm. There we go. Actually, oh. we don't need this right now. Oh, are we, are we going to start while it's happening, or? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> While I'm in, and then I'll drop it in your eyes, close them, and then you can open them and then roll around and have the experience. Okay. So close your eyes. And uh, just got a case, just in case that becomes. Of course. And I have eye drops too, so okay. you can alleviate the pain if need be. Ready? Yeah, definitely easier than the first time. <laughs> How's your contacts? Seems fine. Cool. All right, future reference works with gentle scenario. Well, <laughs> we know that. We know that now. Uh, yeah. With more intense, we'll see how how that goes. Well, it didn't destroy them, that's for sure. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, another very somatic, intense experience. It helps to know the first time somebody did it with. I did it with. Um, she was like, uh, he said. Um, he said, uh, it's going to be very uncomfortable, but it's not going to hurt you. <laughs> I mean, if you don't know, it just seems like, you know, yeah. it might seem like putting poison in your eyes. Yeah. So it's good to have that sort of, yeah. just like a very hot, hot tub. Yeah. That's above, that's below burning temperature. Right. But your body might be like, fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> this, I, I this is hurting me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shocking. Shocking, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Happy for your eyes. You yeah. Go. You could say that. Another version of uh, an intense experience. Yes. Um. <sighs> now it's my head instead of my body vibrating. Mm. Yeah. Internally, how does it feel? Hmm. Also, the, also somewhat distracting. Um, hmm. There's definitely also a sense of focus. 
but now that I've done it, it's not as uh, it's not as uh, yeah, not as distracting. Mm. Interesting. It's also lighter, so there's so I'm also keeping keeping that in mind. That the I mean the in, the intensity of an experience can have a um, yeah, like a focusing effect or a uh, um, I don't know what to call it. Hmm. Focusing doesn't seem like the right word. Quieting, not quite the right word. Clarifying. I mean, Sananga. Eyes. That makes sense. Yeah, it's meant to clarify your vision. Right. Like literally, before right. they go on a hunt at mm. night. That makes sense. Yeah, and I, I wonder I wonder if it if it actually has a antibacterial type thing to it. I'd have to do the do the research. I'm curious. Yeah. And also I was so was curious if it's um you know, and like pepper spray. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll make your eyes water but it won't they won't destroy your eyes. And mm-hmm. I wonder if it's a ver a variation on the theme of pepper. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It'd be interesting <laughs> to find out. Yes. That certainly takes a, the the sacred out of it, but yeah. it's okay. Yeah. Um, thank you yeah. for everything you shared so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to get to some last, I guess, some wrap up ideas, tactics that people can mm-hmm. now if they're inspired by everything you share mm-hmm. so far. Yeah. And we navigated a lot of different spaces. We yeah, talked about consent. Sure. We talked about sex. Mm-hmm. We talked about. Um, spiritual fitness we mm. talked about just a number of things we talked about tactical things that you do to manage your relationships yeah oh, here's one thing I want to say about sex yeah because that came to mind earlier sorry to cut you off um, because of people's liter- literacy or intelligence or fitness mm-hmm. in a particular area uh, in a particular domain like call it the emotional somatic spiritual Primal. These are the ones. It's social, maybe, but those are the main ones we explored. Um, intellectual too. Um, people will have sex in the ways they're most developed. So, if people are very developed spiritually, then sexuality as a as a mo- as a way of connecting with another person will engage very spiritually. Mm. People who are, who are very developed somatically, they'll in, they'll engage that way, um, or or focused, focused or developed. And so, if you're having sex with someone, and and their their focus is emotional because they have they have the most ability in that area, then if you engage with them in a different in a different way, mm. and they feel this the emotional level is is missing, then they then they'll feel like the connection wasn't matched mm. and so that's why it's important to really get to know someone mm. when before you have sex with them because it's a very as a as a very intimate experience it will it will it will support the connect it will it will, it will support the opportunity to connect at in in very deep ways and in, in different in different ways mm. um, but if if the connection is mismatched then it won't be as satisfying mm. like for example if you came today and 
you wanted to talk, but all I wanted to do is move. Mm. You would have been like, well, this is not going to work. So when you're engaging someone with someone sexually, yeah, because it's a, a because it typically involves multiple domains. Usually for people, like sex is uh, somatic, primal, emotional. Those are the big three. If you're if you're connecting in in, in ways that are different, they might they might there might be a feeling of disconnect, and then it'll, it'll it won't be as good as a uh, it won't be as graceful or it won't be as satisfying an experience. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm trying to say. To you can't expect people to engage uh, sexually in the same way. You have to discover that, and as you discover that, you have to find the, the common ground mm-hmm. where you can say, "I really like." having multiple orgasms because that feels good in my body and the other person might say well I really want to connect emotionally with you and then you have to say you have to see to what degree can you or is your ability to connect at that level mm. overlap with the other persons this actually segues perfectly to the question I was leading to okay. to say people want to get better at these primal <coughs> skills mm-hmm. it is super primal it's part of being human mm-hmm. what are some of the resources, books, seminars, mm. workshops that they can do to practice these skills in a safe space, mm. right? In a non-judgmental space. Wow. Around sexuality? Yeah, around sexuality specifically because mm. I don't okay. feel like there's, I mean, it's not in the realm of my awareness, right? right? right. So I don't know. So <laughs> since you're the expert, maybe you could share some resources that you you know, say, hey, start here, right? Start here, start here. Well, beyond beyond telling people, go to my website and go to my so, classes. Yeah, what is your website? So <laughs> um, www.exquisite.love. Exquisite. Exquisite.love. Dot love. Yeah, okay. They have dot love extensions that. now. Oh, okay, great. And if you click, or if you go slash classes, or if you go click the classes menu, and you'll see all the classes I teach and oh, and. These classes exactly answer the question of where they can learn these things. Okay, I teach the things that I speak of. Uh-huh. I teach uh, teach people how to become more sovereign mm. in, in their uh, in the, more sovereign in how they engage with themselves and each other, which is essentially saying be, become better at making better choices for themselves and each other, following their needs, knowing what their needs are and what their pace is and what their desires and what their boundaries are and knowing the same thing about others so that you can engage well so that both people or everyone involved feels like they're getting their needs met and they're mm. feeling like it's going in a way that feels good. I love that. Thank you. So that's... That's a <clears throat> great place yeah. to start. Yeah, and so I I'll teach people how to do it emotionally and primarily and somatically, prim- primarily, mm-hmm. these three. Um, not so good about the spiritual part, but... Is an organization I've been engaging with and supporting uh, because we have very similar values. We align in terms of morals, in terms of the importance of those values, um, and the order of priority of those values, and also around the values themselves. And it's an organization called ISTA. Spell it for us, please. ISTA stands for International School of Temple Arts. Uh. So what they what they produce and what I support in producing is um, is tantra trainings. They're mm. essentially their tantra trainings. Uh, which supports people in becoming more spiritually, emotionally, somatic, and somatically, and to some degree, primarily more literate, more mm-hmm. intelligent. Mm-hmm. So they have three different levels of training. There's level one, two, and three. That's pretty straightforward. Level one is for people who've never done this kind of work. Mm-hmm. They want to learn to become sovereign. 
They want to learn to become more literate in these four different ways I mentioned. Mm. Uh, they want to learn how to make better choices for themselves and, and other people. Um, and, um, and they don't mind or they actually like the idea of doing it from a more spiritual perspective. Mm. Beautiful. Uh, and not, and not just... Myself. Because, uh, you know, there's a lot of Neo-Tantra that's, that's about... That's about just having better skills as a lover, mm. but that doesn't necessarily engage the spiritual part. Mm. It does. It does touch on the the, the uh, or or the primal part. Often you hear classes that are more about the emotional and somatic, mm-hmm. um, with a little spiritual kind of laid on top, but it's not well integrated. So I think Ista uh, uh, Ista is really great at that because not only have they been doing these classes all over the world for the last ten years. They've, I think about 1,800 people have done level one. And so there's a global community arising. And that global community is, is a group of people that you can, you know, you can literally travel anywhere around the world and find a place to ca- a couch to surf mm. easily. And you can connect at the same levels. And people who want to develop themselves actively around these different modes of literacy. Mm. And, um, and want to find other people who are interested, at least to some degree, in doing the same thing. And so I think that's very powerful because otherwise, walk around in your life like, who do you know who wants to develop themselves um, at, all these, at, all, at all these levels? Mm. How do you find your tribe? Right. And the way you know your tribe is when you found people that want to explore the same value, express the same values through the same core beliefs or yeah. the same, same belief system right. and, um, and, and have an inner and are committed to some degree at growing in those areas. Mm. So uh, I think it's a good crew, and um, and so I'm supporting uh, multiple trainings, and I think it's, they're in 35 countries around the world mm. every year. And so next year I'm I'm supporting a training in Costa Rica, Honduras, um, Vegas, um, Northern California, Southern California. Oh, beautiful! Yeah, great. Yeah, so it's very easy. You just basically sign up. It's a week, and um, and you get to go through different rituals and experiences that support this growth process in a safe, er container. You know, mm. uh, and it's as safe as it can possibly be, uh, considering the kind of the kind of uh, in, intense experiences that mm. we're going through. Like today, we went through three different intense experiences, mm. but it was in a safer container. Yeah, doesn't mean it's perfect. Doesn't right. mean it's perfectly safe. I mean, right. one of us could have purged. <laughs> um, you know, that I could have. We, you know, there's always ways that we can get hurt. Right. So, but here's there's one thing about growth. Yeah. Is the the optimal growth is the maximum amount of of um, um, hmm. is the uh, is the the maximum intensity. Mm-hmm. That you can muster without getting hurt. Yeah. Pain is not harm. Pain is just pain is pain. I mean, yeah. we experienced it today, but it didn't harm us. But beyond that, there's still something to be learned, even though we get harmed. Mm. That's why. That's how, and that's why people heal from trauma and actually mm. become better than they were. Yeah. In fact, um, a, an optimal form of working out. Is is the kind of workout that actually that actually destroys your muscles just a little bit, so yeah. that so that you your muscles regrow to become stronger than they were. Yeah, um, I love that. By the way, so one of the things I tell our podcast quite a lot mm-hmm. is um, 
We want him to be at the edge of our comfort zone. Mm, yeah. Too little, we That's get complacent. Right. That's right. Too much, we get burnt out. Yeah. And then we want to be just a little bit of a stretchy. Yeah, you want to. Yeah, but if you go more. way the fuck out there, then yeah. you could really get traumatized hurt. and all these things. Exactly. Right? You're going to seriously hurt. Then you're yeah. like, fuck it, I don't want to do it again. Right? Well, in fact, I define trauma as the as an the, an experience that was that we were unable to integrate fully in the moment, mm. and it just instead it takes longer to integrate. Mm. For some people, it takes their whole life. For some right. people, they never integrate it. Right. Same thing for body, right? Mm-hmm. Trauma to the body, right? Mm-hmm. Broken bones, broken limbs, broken, you know, broken things. I was in a car accident a year ago. Now I can dance. Mm-hmm. Right? It took a year and probably a few more months before I can be fully the way I was. Mm-hmm. And I've learned things about my body, mm-hmm. you know, and hopefully my body will be stronger than it was before. Certainly more aware of it mm-hmm. and more aware of self-care. Philip, I want to acknowledge you. I am acknowledging you <laughs> for... For having gone all the places that we've gone, right? Mm. For having, you know, willing and, yeah. and to do go wherever this conversation took us. Mm-hmm. Um, I so very much enjoyed it. You share so many gems of wisdom. Thanks for sharing yourself so generously. Yeah. I really appreciate the presence you brought. I really appreciate tactically <laughs> everything you share. Mm-hmm. I hope people really look at uh, these aspects fundamentally as well as maybe in the specific area of sex right mm. this is something that people normally don't explore or even think about uh, yeah. but it's such a fundamental such an important human experience so thank you mm. yeah there's a lot that can be learned through sexual engagement but it's also extremely complex mm. and, and, and I think I think too many people approach sex as a as just a form of entertainment mm-hmm. when um, when just like dance and just like music, uh, there's an infinite amount of, of complexity mm-hmm. that can be discovered, and not just because of the mode of engagement, but because of the people that are are part of it. Mm. Everyone's infinitely complex. Mm. It's in that discovery that we discover ourselves, and we discover how to dance better together. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Have a beautiful rest of the day. <laughs>